This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Welcome to the first edition of NFL Friday for the 2017 NFL season. Matt Murphy, Charlie Maizano, and John Furlong here in the Rose Hill Studios getting set to talk some NFL. Guys, Devin Clemente will be along with fantasy advice throughout the show. But like I said, football's back. Great time of year. And that Thursday night game really gets everything rolling. That's what we're going to jump into uh, right away before we get into some Giants and Jets later in the show. And then, of course, at the end, our week one Pickums, but we do before, have. But before we actually get into the discussion here, you said Charlie's name first and not mine. You're sitting right across from me, and Charlie's like the, five years younger than me, but you're putting I'm him ahead of me John. in the. Like, what is this? That Matt? is the B host chair, so I, I apologize. I should have put you second, but <laughs> Charlie, aren't you the like assistant supervisor for this podcast or something along those lines? I am the assistant uh, supervisor. Tommy Aldridge is the. I, guess, I don't even think I guess you went t- with super uh, assistant and like. Whatever that is, the opposite to assistant is, I think it's just two supervisors, no ranking between what, the two. It, whatever, of them. whatever it is, yeah. It is. yeah you are. A I'm just happy to. I'm just happy to be on the podcast and get football started again. Well, that's quite the duo to uh, run this podcast. But we've <laughs> had a lot of moving oh, yeah. parts uh, today and throughout this week, getting set for our first show here on September 8th. But let's talk about the Patriots Chiefs game last night because it got this season off on the right track because no one expected yeah. the Kansas City Chiefs to even be in that game, let alone win it in Foxborough the night that all of the stuff was going on, the Lombardi Trophy presentation. You had Mark Wahlberg on the field before the game doing, a, I think, a speech. I had it on yeah, mute. Yeah. Didn't hear any of that. Probably pretty cool. But 42-27, Kansas City pulls it out. Crazy game. And Kareem Hunt, talk about an NFL Oof. debut for the Chiefs. What, t- a, what a game. I don't think... I don't think that it was this big of an upset as you might have made it sound there, Matt. I think a lot of people realize just how good of a team the Chiefs are. I think Kareem Hunt, a lot of people were all over him. I mean, he was a really, really sexy pick, especially in fantasy. But people were very, very high on him coming into the season, especially now that he was the number one back. Even when he was supposed to be the number two back coming into the season. But now that he's got the number one spot, he's he's everybody's really, really high on him. And now he proved everybody right last night. But I think my biggest takeaway from this game is that I'm not stunned that the pass lost. Like I said, I think Kansas City is a very good team top to bottom, and Andy Reid's a very good coach. But they just look lost. On their night, in their house, on their celebration of their fifth Lombardi championship, they gave up two long touchdowns. The Patriots never give up long touchdowns like that, even one of them in a game. They gave up two and that's very, very surprising for me. I was, I was shocked. And they paid a lot of money for Stephon Gilmore uh, from Buffalo. He got and burnt. Tyree Kill is going to burn a lot of he's defenders so this year, though. So fast. He's, re- he's just out of this, out of this world when it comes to speed. But a big takeaway for me is the Patriots went on, went twice on fourth down, and they failed to convert both times. Early twice, and then later in the game as well. But I think I would have went for it. But I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I, I don't know. At that point in the game, you don't have LeGarrette Blunt this year. It's, it's Mike Gillisley who did look good on the goal line, but he got Gillisley when it wasn't goal line carries got stuffed on those fourth and shorts twice in the first quarter. Well, one of those times, I think they were like at least on the seven or eight yard line. They could have easily just kicked a field goal, get some points on the board, but Belichick decided to go for it and it just burned them in the end. We don't have a ton of time to talk about this game, but I do want to touch on a couple other things. The reason I thought it was such a big upset is because 
lot of people were talking undefeated season, perhaps, for yeah. this Patriots team the coming USA off. Today had them at 16-0, wow. which is right. just if you're ridiculous. Not, if you're not saying the Jets 0-16, you're saying <clears throat> Patriots 16-0, at least before last night. But that Patriots defense, Gilmore, a lot of problems for that team. I think the offense is going to be fine, despite a number of injuries. It's that defense, if they're going to be as good as everyone thinks they're going to be this well, year. My, my, one of my biggest takeaways, my second biggest takeaway, was that Brady was 13, 16 of 36 last night, and his first pass had a receiver wide open down the sideline and just missed him. Right, new when's tight the, end Dwayne Allen, wide open. When's the last time we've seen Brady misplace a pass like that? It's got to be years. You I don't mean, see he, it often. He is always in the zone when he comes out and, and is, re- is ready to play from the first snap. Tom Brady is the machine. And he came out and threw, threw, threw such a poor pass on his first attempt, which honestly could have been a touchdown on the very first offensive play of the season. I definitely think the offense was a problem, considering that the Chiefs had 15 penalties, and which accounted for 139 yeah. yards. They kept so they, giving them pass interference calls. Exactly. So the, the Patriots should have capitalized that on offense, and they just didn't. I know. All right, Charlie. Running backs with New England before we move on. Always tough to gauge, especially for fantasy, which leads us in nicely to our first fantasy segment shortly. Mike Gillisley was the guy that got the three goal line carries, the three touchdowns um, in the red zone. Were you surprised by that? Did you think it was going to be Rex Burkhead? I know Gillisley was the favorite in the clubhouse. Well, one man's trash is another man's treasure, and the Bills got burned on that. Uh, <laughs> Mike Gillisley, he looked really good last night. I expect him, like you said, to get a lot of the third, uh, the third down touches. I was a little surprised Burkhead didn't get as many touches because they brought him in from Cincinnati. To and he started the game. He was in the backfield yeah. on the first play. They brought him in from Cincinnati to be – that back, and Gilsley just ran away with that last night. That's why I don't draft Patriots running backs in fantasy. I mean, with, was, the, with the exception of Blunt last year, yeah, he, was, exactly. he was the outlier to that well, because maybe he got that, that all could, the goal line That looks work. like it's going to be Gilsley exactly. this year. I mean, that's definitely what it seems like right now, but I don't trust. Belichick seems to change his mind on uh, on his running backs every single day. And one final thing before we wrap up the segment, please don't overreact anybody. Please don't say, oh, the Pats are done. I was going to say, we're not pushing the panic button. No, 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 no. They are. Remember when they started 1-2, and two, a 41-14 loss to the Chiefs on Monday night? They ended up winning the Super Bowl that year. So okay. I don't want to hear. I think you're going to say the stat that I'm going to say, so go for it. I was going to say, it. technically speaking, the winner of the Bills-Jets game is in first place oh of the AFC East. Oh, my God. Jesus. And the Patriots will be in last, so I'm just pointing that out there. When's the, when's the last time you heard that? We could go on and on about last night's big 42-27 win for the Kansas City Chiefs, but we've got some local teams like the Giants to talk about shortly, but not before our first fantasy football hit of the episode with Devin Clemente. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. Hey, guys. So I think one guy that I think is going to have a major game this weekend is Kelvin Benjamin. I think Benji's due for a major bounce-back season this year, and it starts this week against San Francisco. Um, He's got arguably the weakest cornerback schedule in the league this season, and the addition of Christian McCaffrey as a Swiss Army knife for the offense should force defenses to respect the run more. Plus, a year removed from ACL surgery, and with the Panthers saying that they want to have Cam Newton be more of a pocket passer this year and run less, I see Benjamin torching a weak 49ers secondary and improving upon the two scores he already has in the preseason. Uh, another guy that I think is going to have a huge game this weekend, and it's probably going to be a surprise, is Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I know they're playing Denver this week, and yes, I expect Denver to be Denver and have a good showing against LA, play them tough, but the thing is, by volume alone, I really expect Gordon to start this season with a bang. Here's a stat for you guys. Over the past three years, Phillip Rivers' target share to receivers goes from 54% to 
to 47% when he plays Denver, and they play them twice a year. Where do all those targets go? To the running back. And now that Danny Woodhead's in Baltimore, mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon's going to be the featured back on the ground. And in the, and in the passing game, I see him getting an enormous amount of touches through the air and on the ground, especially with that ridiculous cornerback duo of Chris Harris and Aqib Tlaib in the secondary. Quick question for you, Devin. Phillip Rivers, I have him. Should I start him this week, or do you think it's going to be all Melvin Gordon? I think I honestly think it's going to be all Melvin Gordon. Hold on, is this in our league? Because if this is in our league, this is some unfair. <laughs> no, this no, is this ridiculous. this is my high roller league. You guys are <laughs> okay. All right, f- you guys fair are enough. way down the list. Fair enough. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's going to be all Melvin Gordon. Um, Keenan Allen, I think that he's going to be great in the long run for Phillip Rivers coming back this year. But um, that secondary is just ridiculous, and I think that there's going to be a lot of checkdowns. Um, Maybe Hunter Henry uh, will get some touchdowns because he had success, some yeah. success against Denver last year. But uh, I think it's really going to be Gordon. All right. Anybody else? Uh, yeah. And my last guy is uh, Brandon Marshall. I think he's due for a uh, I like that. I like that as too. well. I'm, a, I'm um, big on Marshall this year. I think he's going to return to form as an elite end zone target. And, uh, yeah, I'll admit he dropped a lot of balls last year. But how much of that was the miserable situation he was in combined, combined with the fact that he had ineffective quarterbacks throwing him the ball? And he was also a Jet, so that like, puts <laughs> that, 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 that makes that. Plus, the Giants can't run the ball, and they're going to look to feast on that you know weak Cowboys secondary. Um, and couple this with the fact that I don't really think Odell's going to be 100%, and the Giants love to – uh, run out three wide receiver sets. It's an extremely tough uh, task to cover Marshall man to man, and um, the Giants drop back to pass the fourth most in the NFL in the red zone. So combine that with the elite red zone option that Marshall is, I think he gets at least two touchdowns. Your thoughts on Sterling Shepard? Sterling Shepard. I mean, I think he's going to have a, a bigger role now, being that Odell is Odell's not going to be a hundred percent, but I think it's going to be mainly Marshall uh, and maybe even Evan Ingram. Okay. I like Evan Ingram. I, I like a lot. him as well. So that's actually a perfect segue from Devin. Those are some guys he likes this week, including Brandon Marshall of the New York Giants, which leads us nicely into our next segment about those New York football Giants here on NFL Friday. Talking big blue. The New York Giants with a huge matchup this Sunday night against the Dallas Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott will play, but before we get too far into that discussion, let's hear our first Giants report of the season with Giants beat reporter here at WFUV, Tommy Aldrich. The 2017 New York football Giants have all the makings of a Super Bowl team. It's simply up to them to seize the moment. With the offense as a glaring impediment to the team last year, major changes were made as they looked to shore up a unit with far greater potential than its previous performances showcase. Defensively, providing the team with stopping power from the middle will be a thunderous defensive line, as league superstars Jason Pierre-Paul, Olivier Vernon, and Damon Harrison look to build on what was a promising first year together. On the right and left flanks will be corners Janoris Jenkins and former top 10 overall pick Eli Apple, primed to take dual steps forward in their second year as a starting pair. And then there's Landon Collins. With the benefit of a full offseason of rest, recovery, and learning, the third-year prototype will be unleashed with the tall task of stopping advancing offenses at all costs. 
On the offensive side, Commander-in-Chief Eli Manning, in the final third of his career, knows what he has to do to succeed and undoubtedly aims to hoist the Lombardi Trophy for the third time. A unit which became all too vanilla last season will get some much-needed spice from big-bodied pass catchers Brandon Marshall, Red Ellison, and Evan Ingram. These new players will allow the New York offense to line up in different, more powerful formations that they could have ever dreamed of doing last season. Despite these additions, the Giants have a lot of work to do before they can be penciled in for February. Ultimately, for the Giants to reach their goal, they will need to develop a team chemistry that will allow them to form and function as a singular unit. If they can't do this, especially on the offensive line, they run the risk of not achieving what they and their fans know they can. With the Giants Report, I'm Tommy Aldridge, WFUV Sports. So like everybody else in Giants Nation, Tommy Aldridge likes their chances this year, guys. And I mean, I don't blame him, but week one against Dallas, this will be the fifth time in six seasons that the Cowboys and Giants have played in week one. Huge matchup, and it got even bigger with the news that Ezekiel Elliott will play for Dallas. That's huge news, considering just how important to that offense he was. I don't. Th- he, Dak won offensive. Did uh, Dak won offensive Dak did rookie, win of the offensive year? rookie of the okay, year? Okay, I think year. that was that. That was an absolute ripoff. I thought Zeke deserved it 100 percent over Dak. Dak's great. I'm I'm a huge fan of Dak, but Zeke is just next level in my opinion. And I was gonna say, um, the defense on the Giants will definitely be ready for Zeke. I know Damon Harris. Uh, yeah, Damon Harrison on Twitter. Um. He took a shot at somebody who was t- uh, quoting something about Zeke jumping over a player. He's like, oh, get ready for Zeke to be unleashed. And he's like, wait till Sunday. We go- we're we going to stop him. We're going to be able to. Damon Harrison must interact with everybody on Twitter. Our own Billy Reinhardt, yeah. too, right? He he retweeted him or he something. He got or thousands of likes. Yeah. yeah. But, th- I mean, this matchup, for me, it really boils down to, yes, the rushing game favors Dallas. Passing game favors the Giants even if Odell doesn't play that's kind of the question right now 50-50 to play probably at this point game time decision if there ever was such a definition and how how good will he be even if he can even play on Sunday night but in terms of the rushing game the Giants don't really have much with Paul Perkins so I think you look at it's going to come down to the Giants' defense and their defensive front being able to stop Ezekiel Elliott on the ground. Guys, I'm not a huge fan of the Giants this season. I think that— I love their defense, I think their, their defense. I think their defense is good, but I think that offense has a lot of problems. This is a very scary injury for Giants fans. This is not something that's going to go away quickly. This is something that might hinder Odell throughout the entire season. Those ankle injuries are never easy, and I'm not— I'm. It's, right. It's, I just have this bad feeling about the Giants this season. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of ex- expectation for this team. There wasn't a ton last year coming off that absolutely dreadful 2015. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I don't. I don't fully trust Ben McAdoo. Also, I'm not sure that he is the right coach to take this team to another Super Bowl. I love Brandon Marshall as a number two receiver. If Odell's not in the mix and Brandon Marshall's the one, and you move Sterling Shepard around and you, you target Evan Engram more, that's just one weapon less that you have. I think part of the reason people are so excited about the Giants this year is. You look at Engram as like your fourth option in the offense or Shepard as your fourth option. So many guys for an experienced quarterback to throw to like Eli Manning. But the offensive line has been a problem for a couple of years now. And while Dallas doesn't have a great defense and might not expose it this week, in terms of long term this season, John could be right in the fact that they're getting a little bit overhyped right now in the offseason. Well, Jason Pierre-Paul earlier in the offseason said he also thinks that the Giants can go 16-0. and so I don't yeah. no I no way they're gonna go sixteen and zero. But as for that offensive line you're saying, Matt, uh Eric Flowers in the preseason just like just looked downright awful in 
looked in the games and also even in practice. He just looked really. He's got good. it. He's got to fix that. If the Giants want to go anywhere this season, he's got to he's got to fix himself. I can't because wait. The Giants. That's the most important position on the offensive line, and he is getting crushed. He's a revolving door at this point, and that you can't have that, especially with a quarterback like Eli Manning, who's not agile. I can't wait for. Uh... Eric Flowers hate Twitter to open up this oh year. Oh my god! <laughs> During yeah, those Giants are, games, those are great. Yeah. He gets he gets more heat on Twitter than than a lot of other players I've seen. I guess because we're in the area, most of the people we follow are New York guys. But for me, coming from South Jersey area, I'm not a Giants fan. So to see these guys ripping Eric Flowers every single week, it's crazy. But he deserves it most of the time, though. Charlie said it. I mean, he was awful in the preseason too. In the week one against Pittsburgh, he allowed T.J. Watt to go right at josh johnson and get two sacks it was one of the worst <laughs> one of the worst performances i've seen tj watts starting now for yeah, yeah he's right starting now. over james uh james harrison that's that's surprising but i don't like i was saying this dallas defense is not one that i don't think the line is going to be an issue for the giants this week because there's no one that really scares me on the dallas cowboys defense i think it could be um a battle more of a shootout even though the giants have a really good defense but with zeke playing i think it's going to be more high scoring because dallas's defense stinks and the giants defense is good but a weapon like Ezekiel Elliott going against it could neutralize it. Well, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how Dak Prescott performs because last year against the Giants, uh, week one, that was their first loss of the season. And then after that, they, they went on lose. like a, they yeah, they for a long for I, don't, I don't know I, exactly I think how many Maybe weeks. until they played the Giants again? Or yeah. did they lose bef- before then? I think it might have been until they played the Giants again. We'll double check that. Yeah, we'll we'll look, check look, that. look that up, Charlie. But anyway, go ahead, Matt. You're, I thought you were going to say something. I got something. That I mean, last year's matchup didn't feature Eli Manning with a glove on his non-throwing hand. It's true. Something he's doing this year to prevent turnovers and, and fumbles and such. Don't think that's going to be a huge storyline, but just wanted to throw it out there. This is a huge game because whenever you start with a divisional opponent, it kind of sets the tone yeah. for, for the season. And this division is as tight as ever with these teams. Most people predicting the Washington Redskins in the basement, and they're exactly. a good team with Kirk Cousins. I know. So, it's a division that I know Charlie's got the answer. So you, they didn't lose. They, their first two losses of the season were to the Giants, basically. Yes, they wow. went. They went on to win. They they only lost other than the Giants was Week 17 against the Eagles. Okay, so then they went 13. And that was a game that Tony Romo came in and uh, it was his last game, and he threw a touchdown to I think um, I forgot the receiver, but it was it was just a going yeah, away party exactly. for Romo, and then they didn't care. They they had the first week by in the playoffs. So they just didn't care about losing that one. Speaking, yeah, speaking of the Cowboys, and we'll get into our full NFC predictions in just a little bit. But I think a lot of people are selling this Cowboys team short. I think a lot of people are expecting them to take this huge step back. And yes, I think they are going to take a step back, but they're not going to take a huge step back. I mean, yes, Zeke is out for six weeks, but I think Dak is going to be just as strong as always. That offensive line is still as strong as always, and I think that defense. Yeah, they don't have a pass rush. They brought in a rookie. I forget his his name is his name is Taco. I Taco forget his last Taco Charleston. Taco Charleston. Charleston. Yeah. There we go. I was gonna say Nacho, but it's Taco. His name is Taco <laughs> Charleston, and I've heard nothing but good things with him in, in scouting reports and in the preseason. So I think that pass rush is gonna be at least better than it was last season. If that was their glaring weakness, I mean, that that just shows you how good of a team they are. So no team has won the NFC East back to back years since the 2004 Eagles. Wow. The Giants haven't won the division since 2011 when wow. they won the Super Bowl. The Cowboys obviously won it last year, like we've been talking about. I don't like their chances to repeat. Let's just talk about the NFC East first. I like the Giants to win this division, followed by the Eagles, then the Cowboys. Wow. Yeah, I'm very surprised. I think it could. As well. I, w- I could change those around a little bit, but I think it's going to be very tight, and that's how I think it's going to play out. it's going to be tight as well, but I don't think that's how it's going to finish. Go, you can go ahead, Charlie. I was going to say I have the Giants winning the NFC East, but I have the Cowboys coming in second and the Eagles coming in third. So you're freaking out because I had – Cowboys and Eagles flopped. I'm not freaking out. I'm just saying I'm surprised that you. Had <laughs> you were, a, I didn't mean it like that, but yeah. you were you were surprised. You were very surprised. Well, I'm going to ask you guys this: You guys don't have any. You guys don't think the Redskins have any chance of 
winning oh, the division. Oh, I think they do. They, they I think this is going to be That's very, why it's going to be crazy. I just think it's going to be a very, very tight division. They were division. very competitive last oh, 100%. year. Oh, 100%. But with Cowboys-Eagles, I think Carson Wentz is going to have a better second season than Dak Prescott. You, re- you I, really think that? I really I believe think, that. I think and that's the a Eagles, fair assessment. The Eagles actually have the best offensive line, according to Pro Football Focus in the league. Everyone talks about the Cowboys. So if you're talking about a second-year quarterback like Carson Wentz behind the best line— That's fair. I, I think they're going to be better. I don't think they're going to win the division. I've got the Giants winning. I well, think this is going to be a great division. I don't even. You're convincing me that maybe I should pick pick the Eagles to win the division. Not. I, I am very. I'm not very high on the on the Giants this season. I think they go nine and seven at best. I really. I, something about this team just bothers me. I I just don't have a lot of confidence in them. Well, with Dak Prescott, I don't, I don't think it's going to be to the RG three extent, but I think that now after a year under his belt and teams get to watch more tape exactly. and see exactly how they can stop him, I think that. They won't be as unstoppable last year, and I definitely don't think they'll win the division. Well, with me, with the Dak Wentz thing, is that, I mean, they had Zeke last year running like wild, and Carson Wentz was just airing it out with not a whole lot of weapons, and now he's going to air it out again, and you have more weapons, like one of which is Alshon Jeffrey. So that's why I think he's going to make a huge leap, and I think uh, without Zeke, Dak's going to take a step back, maybe not this week, but uh, early in the season. Let's We don't have uh, too much time to go through each of the other divisions, mm-hmm. but... I've got the Packers in the North, Falcons in the NFC South, and the Seahawks in the West. If you disagree with any of those divisions, speak up now. I'm divi- I'm disagreeing with the South. I'm going with the Panthers in the South, and I've got Atlanta third in their division. The I Bucks. You're on this, the Bucks train. I am on the Bucks train as well. I've got that. I've got them going to the playoffs as well. So I think I'm the Super Bowl hangover is real, guys. It's I not, don't believe it's, in no, that. I don't subscribe to tra- it. Look at the track record. Look at what happened last year with the fa- with the Panthers. They were awful last season. And the it, Super Bowl true. loss hangover is real. And if you lose and in that fashion, before. it's Probably it's, a worse it's happened hangover. just about every year for the, the year past ten that years. With Denver, exactly. It just it always always happened. You can't there hist, there are historical trends that you can say like okay that's just like that's just luck. But there are some things where it's it it I don't know if it's mental or physical or something happens with the game plan or people can like study more film on them. But it, it's a real thing, and I think Atlanta's in for a tough season this year. I really do. For my picks, I definitely have the pa- the Packers winning the North, but I think the Lions will give them some run for their money. Matthew Stafford, we were talking about it. Uh, a lot of one-on-ones when he got the highest-paid contract in NFL history. I really hope that he just bounce back, bounces back this year and proves that he deserved that money because right now he definitely does not deserve that money going 0-3 in the playoffs and, oh, yeah. and not having won a single game in, in January with the Lions. And then in the South, I, d- I have the Falcons winning that division. Interesting. Uh, I think the Saints will be pretty competitive this year. With I'm not with high on Saints, and I and I like the Saints as I well. Like I'm Michael a Saints Thomas fan, and, and uh, I, I I don't think they're I don't I have no confidence in them this year. Not I got them in the basement. I think no I think confidence. they're they're like stuck in neutral these years. Like they're yeah. always like eight and eight, like seven mm-hmm. and nine, have a great offense, terrible defense, and they like lose a lot of close games. I feel like that's I feel like that's their problem. And then we've all got the Seahawks in the NFC West, correct? Yeah, correct. Se- yeah. I've got Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams, 49ers in the West. Okay, let's wrap up the NFC, and we've got Jets talk on the way, but I'm very interested to hear who Devin Clemente is sitting this week, so let's get another fantasy segment with him. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. All right, guys, so one guy that I think that there's cause for concern for this week is Keenan Allen. And the thing is, I'm actually high on his prospects this season. Yes, he's had some unlucky injuries in the past few years, but when he's on the field, him and Phillip Rivers have a ridiculous chemistry together, and he's one of the best route runners in the league. Unfortunately, 
He begins the season against probably the worst matchup that he could have all year, against that ridiculous secondary with Chris Harris and Aqib Talib. And like I mentioned earlier, if Rivers plays Denver the same way as he has over the past three years, then LA receivers are only going to have a 40% of the target share to split amongst themselves, and they have a bunch of weapons. Um, Over the course of the season, I think he's a great pick and major sleeper at his current draft position, but I'd temper expectations for this week against the Broncos. The next guy I have is... Des Bryant. Um, He's often injured, and he makes me nervous as a fantasy owner with his physical style of play. Obviously, he's got a tremendous amount of talent, but I don't really trust him against high-end corners. He typically devours mediocre corners, but in tough matchups, I've seen him choke way too much for me to trust him as a low-end wide receiver one. Uh, And oh yeah, in two games last year against the Giants, two receptions for 18 yards and a fumble, so he kind of scares me this week. Uh, Dak too? Dak Dak, I mean, I don't know. It's Dak, tough because he's, he's a rookie, and <clears throat> I think that they're going to have more film on him this year. The Giants have had a ton of time to scheme against him. I don't really think that uh, the Giants are a great matchup for the Cowboys, and you saw that twice last year. I think that they're going to play him tough, and the Giants' defense is no joke, too. Gotcha. So I would be a little bit wary with any Cowboys players this week. Interesting. <clears throat> I got a and, question for you whenever you're done. Yeah, sure. <laughs> my last guy so is uh, look. Yeah, look at how polite he is. We just jumped right in, me and Matt. <laughs> my last guy is T.Y. Hilton, and uh, ultimately he's way too make oh, or break okay. for me as a wide receiver one at least. You got to respect any player that led the league in receiving yards last year. But with Scott Tolzien starting for Indy, a guy who's never won a game, never, never won, won a game, game in the NFL. Um, and what a, a brutal, what a brutal game that is uh, against the Rams. Uh, an improved Rams defense that I don't really have much confidence that he's going to put up wide receiver one numbers. Plus, I think the Colts' decision to trade for Jacoby Prissett says something about their confidence in Tolzien, so I just beware of T.Y. Hilton this week. All right, All my right. question for you. AFC South wide receiver Allen Robinson. Yeah. I know Blake Bortles is their quarterback. Should we start Allen Robinson this week? I don't think so. I mean, it's really funny because Bortles, I've— I don't know if I've ever seen a quarterback whose confidence looks as shot as Bortles. Like, I've seen guys on my high school team that, you know, they get really nervous or scared, and then their their form goes to crap, and that's what is happening with Blake Bortles. Like, that's what he looks like to me. Um, I just, uh, he seems like he's so much in his own head that he can't even throw the ball the right way. And if you can't have a guy throwing you the ball the right way, I don't see how you're going to put up points. Jets talk up next. Devin, get your sleepers together. That's your your segment coming up after this, but I had the opportunity to do the first Jets report of the year because I'll be covering the team here at the station this season, whether that's good or bad. Let's fire that up. First Jets report for week one. Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker, and Darrell Revis. Those are just some of the big names not back with the New York Jets in 2017. Now add talented but frustrating D-lineman Sheldon Richardson to that list after the team traded him to Seattle last week in exchange for wide receiver Jermaine Curse and a second-round pick. At quarterback, year two of the Christian Hackenberg project saw the Penn State product fail to grab the starting job over the summer. 38-year-old Josh McCown, who is suiting up for an eighth team in his 15-year career, won the starting job, and Bryce Petty is also there in the quarterback room. McCown won't have many experienced guys to target this year as second-year undrafted free agent Robbie Anderson and the recently acquired Curse pair up as the team's starting receivers. On defense, a pair of rookie safeties from the SEC will be fun to watch. First-round pick Jamal Adams from LSU and second-rounder Marcus May of Florida 
form a promising tandem in the back. And how about up front? 23-year-old Leonard Williams is poised to follow up a Pro Bowl campaign in a big way. This year's 53-man roster has just three guys over the age of 30. McCown, running back Matt Forte, and nose tackle Steve McClendon. The inexperienced bunch heads to Buffalo on Sunday for a week one matchup with the Bills. This marks the first time since the 2010 opener, a 17-16 win over the Colts, that gangrene has opened up the regular season on the road. I'm predicting a 21-16 Bills win. LaShawn McCoy on the ground, and the fact that it's the home opener for Bills Mafia will simply be too much for this year's Jets. My season prediction? 3-13. Covering the... I'm Matt Murphy, WFUV Sports. That was perhaps the slowest, saddest music to go along with the Jets, but maybe it's fitting. We're about to talk about everybody's... Oh, it is fitting. Sad and slow is the Jets 2017. I didn't pick that music, but I'm grateful that someone edited it like that. I think it was Raphael Aliyah, but it it fit well. But um, let's hear the chant again before we do our Jets talk. Let's hear that J-E-T-S, Jets. And here it is, everybody's favorite topic of the 2017 football season, the New York Jets in Buffalo on Sunday. You guys just heard my prediction, 21-16 loss. I just think it's going to be a whole bunch of field goals, if anything, for the Jets, maybe one score. Being at the preseason games this year, they're just going to have trouble finding the end zone, and opening in Buffalo is a tough place to start, no matter if your quarterback's 38 years old and 15 years in the league or not. I do like how they did get... Jeremy Curley and Jermaine Curse, but they're not going to be no, I mean, ready oh. this week to do. Yeah, anything. no, that's going to bring them to the Super Bowl, Charlie. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, just, I just like that they actually got some like veteran presence in the wide receiver core because I didn't want Robbie Anderson being the number one wide receiver on week one. He still probably is. I mean, I think you can go either way with Anderson Curse, but think about how little time Curse had to learn any of the playbook. Mm-hmm. He's, I don't think he's going to be a huge difference maker this this week, but. Then again, the Jets are so limited in terms of talent, he might have to be. So we're going to see what what happens with this offense. But they're just going to have trouble scoring. And while you look at Buffalo and you see they have a new head coach and up top they have a new GM and they traded Sammy Watkins and they moved a whole bunch of other pieces around, including cornerback Ronald Darby, they're just a team that I feel like is in better rebuild shape than the Jets. And having LaShawn McCoy as a weapon that the Jets don't have, you, you look at the Jets' backfield, it's solid with Matt Forte and Bilal Powell. I think it's going to be mostly Powell this season because he's a little bit more talented coming out of the backfield. He's a little bit more spry out of there catching the ball. I'd take McCoy any day of the week, and I think they're just going to pound it down the Jets' throat. Even though the Jets' defensive line is very good, I just think they're going to be on the field too long to well, win the, this the, game. The Bills aren't in a rebuild. They're in a retooling right now. They still have <laughs> LeSean McCoy, one of those guys? who is twice as talented as any person on the Jets roster right now, offense or defense. I don't want to hear anything about Wilkerson. He is nowhere near as talented. No, I don't disagree. And, and worth that. it at his, and valuable at his position but than LaShawn McCoy. What's, I mean, retool versus rebuild is arguably the same thing. They were talking about trading LaShawn McCoy, possibly. Jets are in a rebuild, if you can call it a rebuild. They're just a bad team right now. I don't even know if they have Who do the Bills have besides McCoy? It's a full rebuild with six draft picks over the first two rounds of this year's draft. That is true. They did trade Sammy Watkins, so maybe that is bit that gives off a bit more of a maybe full-on rebuild vibe. But you, I, I don't think this is anywhere near anything that the Jets are going through. And I think you said that accurately with the fact that they're going to lose this Saturday. I think it's going to be more than that. I think it's going to be 31-10 to 10 maybe. And you're 100% right. The Jets are going to have real 
real trouble finding the end zone so this season. So I, I have him at 3-13 and 13 for the year. What do you guys think overall season-wise, maybe? I think you're spot on, Matt. I'll, I'll go 3-13 and 13 I'll go, as well. I'll go 2-12. Tw- I'll go 2-12. Two and, twelve. Two and, two and Oh, they're only going to play two, 14 not two games? Not 2-12. <laughs> Oh my God. That two would be surprising. Two and they're just gonna, they're just, two and fourteen. There's yeah. a bold prediction for wow. you. The Jets are only my gonna play off right fourteen now. games. <laughs> two and fourteen. <laughs> the thing is, the, the thing is about the Jets. There's just no fan support with this team right now. It's just a lot of angry people around the Jets, and it's it's just it's just kind of sad to watch because I feel bad for Jets fans sometimes. I really do. Well, with the record wise, the thing I keep pointing out is weeks three, four, and five. Home against Miami, the home opener, winnable game. The next two, I think, are also winnable. I don't think they'll win all three, but they play Jacksonville at home in week four and then in Cleveland week five. That three-game stretch could have people kind of disillusioned as to how the season's going to go because Josh McCown will still probably be the starting quarterback at that point in time. But I think they're definitely going to finish last in the AFC East. Patriots, Dolphins, Bills, Jets is the consensus in that division. Well, I definitely don't want them winning any of those good uh good in quotes games against the Browns Jaguars and all those teams because those are the teams they're probably going to be competing competing with, with for the number one picks. overall pick yeah. and knowing the Jets they won't even get the number one overall pick they're probably like win some tiebreaker and get like the third or fourth pick because knowing them that's well the I was Jets. talking with Devin and before the show and and they're just so many good quarterbacks in this draft that I don't think it's necessarily a huge problem if they don't get number one they're going to be bad enough to have a well who's going to be the first five. quarterback taken uh, right now based on probably week one of the college football season Josh Rosen, probably. Yeah. Sam it, it, Darnold that, had a good game, Darnold, too. Darnold, I know. Probably, I don't trust Dar- I don't, I don't trust USC quarterbacks, I don't though. think Darnold did enough to not be the number one quarterback right now, but it's so early. You it's never know so what's going to happen. It's ridiculous Josh early. Allen, the Wyoming QB, had a bad week. And then you also have Lamar Jackson, who won the Heisman and no one talks about exactly. in the quarterback mix. So they'll have their options to potentially select a franchise-changing quarterback. But So we've all got the Patriots winning the AFC East. No, i got the Dolphins winning the AFC East. Oh, I forgot you're a Dolphins fan. <laughs> no, no, I don't, don't I, have them. I winning. don't have them winning the AFC but East. Jay but Cutler, I do. Yeah, they're going to win the AFC Dude, East. Jay Cutler, man. Look look out for them. Honestly, the, the Adam Gase effect is real, and he's one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL right now, and that's not even coming I from like a Dolphins I like him a lot. That's yeah. not even coming he from was, a Dolphins was fan. Was he the OC with the Bears? No, no. Yes, he was yeah. the OC with the yeah. Bears when he when he got hired. He, his tw- Cutler's best statistical season was 2015 under him. That's, and why, every year, that's why they brought him in. And every year is Devontae Parker's breakout year, so maybe it'll be I'm so tired of hearing about him. My God, he was injured for like half the season his his first year, and then last year he like kind of kind of got his got his got his stuff in order. But this year we'll see what happens. He's got Kenny Stills, he's got Jarvis Landry. He, he he's got a lot of people to compete for for catches. AFC North, I've got the Steelers, and then it's going to be a close contest for second place in that division between Baltimore and Cincinnati. AFC South, Tennessee Titans, the hot pick of the offseason to win the South, and then in the AFC West. Despite what the Chiefs did last night against the Patriots, I've still got the Oakland Raiders winning that division. Do you guys have Steelers, Titans, Raiders? I've got Texans, Steelers, Raiders, but it's going to be real close between the Chiefs. Those games are going to be fun this year between the Chiefs and the Raiders. That's like yeah. an old-fashioned rivalry They were there fun last well. year. They yeah, were fun, and they're going to be real fun. Everyone undervalues the Chiefs every single oh, 100%. year. Oh, 100%. They go out and win 12 games or 11 games I, w- I almost year. changed it coming into the show today after last night, but I'm sticking with the Raiders. I think they're going to be— I, think I don't Derek, know if you can't trust Alex Smith to have that kind of a game every know, week. And, then, he looked, and, and he Derek Carr was MVP-elect until he got hurt. Right, so. I go with the better quarterback exactly. in that division. And also, you can't 
trust Kareem Hunt, a rookie, to put up numbers like whoa, that every whoa, week. Whoa, no talking bad about my boy Kareem Hunt. All right, I like him. Now. I like him. I just didn't get him in any fantasy drafts this year, so I don't have that much of a connection now, to him. Now, who are your wild card teams? I we we differ a little bit on our divisional winners. I've got I've got Cincinnati and Kansas City as my wild well, I definitely card have teams. Kansas City, and then the other team I would probably say I think the Ravens will come in second in that division, so I say the Ravens are the other wild okay. card team. I agree with Charlie. I, on I this. disagree with the Ravens. I think they're, they're I they're love stuck Baltimore in, this year. I disagree. I, I'm a little concerned about Joe Flacco injury, but he is going to play in week one. He's just going to be a little improve, bit Where did they improve, though? Their defense is a little bit better. I couldn't tell you some of the guys they added, but they have they had a pretty good defense last year, rece- an underrated I defense, did, and disagree. they added a few pieces. The receiver and core got better. Mike Wallace, you bring in Jeremy Macklin. Wallace was there last year, but you bring yeah. in Jeremy Macklin from Kansas City, who was just sent off in, into the wind, into the wild. He's going to get a lot of targets because they lost a few guys from last year's team in Baltimore. Macklin's going to be a guy to watch especially in fantasy. Look out for the Titans in the AFC this year. I mean, Ma- Marcus we were Mariota, saying, yeah. they were going to, if Mariota doesn't get hurt, they're in the, hurt, they're in the playoff contention until week 17. So well, I, you've got the Texans with Tom Savage I, I ju- the Just barely. It's gonna be, I feel like the Texans always pull it out, and maybe t- Titans need just another year, and maybe playing for Houston with everything that happened down there with the natural disaster and Hurricane Harvey, I think that gives them just, just enough to get them over the edge. But I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee pipped them to win that division, and especially not if they made it into the playoffs with the wildcard team. I think they're a very solid team, and a, lot, a team a lot of people are overlooking. With the Texans, you guys don't think Deshaun Watson will get any game at all this year? You think Savage I think, is going to he. I think he will no, get he a game, without will, a doubt. But... I definitely, because I think Savage will not last probably like six weeks. I think Watson will come in and be the starter for the Texans. That's usually the timetable for rookie quarterback. Like somewhere around there is where you're going to start seeing some backups, get some playing time. But I think we all agree the AFC is going to be a little bit more exciting in terms of divisional races. Than I think the there NFC. there are eight or nine teams that are like that are pretty close together. I mean, there's the Patriots obviously at top, but there's eight or nine teams that are really really close together. And then there's obviously the bottom four where who are just going to be terrible this season. But I think it's going to be a real fun conference to, to Certainly watch this year. Some teams that could surprise. Now let's get to some players who could surprise in fantasy football this week, Devin Clemente's third and final fantasy segment, Sleeper Edition. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. Yeah, so guys, my first sleeper for you is Paul Richardson on the Seahawks. They just got rid of Jermaine Curse for Sheldon Richardson. He's going to be starting out wide opposite Doug Baldwin this week. And Green Bay surrendered the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers in the entire league last year. Now playing opposite Doug Baldwin and with the Seahawks running game a major question, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Richardson get some volume in a game that could see a lot of scoring. Yes, Seattle's a great defense, but is anybody really ready to count out Aaron Rodgers against the best quarterback in the league? Russ is going to have to air it out, and I don't think the Green Bay secondary has anybody that can stop Richardson or Baldwin from having a great day. My next guy is Zay Jones. Sammy Watkins is gone. Jordan Matthews just got there, and he's coming off an injury. Uh, And this Jets-Bills game could have the weakest combination of receivers I've ever seen in a regular season game. That being said, is it that crazy to say that Jones could be the best receiver on the field despite being a rookie? Coming off a season where he caught a ridiculous 158 balls. At no East, one on the Jets is better than him, I'll say that. <laughs> definitely not. But at 158 receptions at East Carolina University, I'd say it's not that crazy to think that. And despite the fact that I expect the Jets' defense to be much improved this year, I think it's a great matchup for Jones and could see him getting some nice volume as the Bills' top receiver. My last guy is Andy Dalton. 
He finished last season as the 12th best QB in fantasy despite missing A.J. Green, Tyler Eifert, Gio Bernard, and having to deal with a regressing Jeremy Hill. Two seasons ago, he was a top five quarterback. I think he's a sneaky great fantasy quarterback. And, great, great. <laughs> and well, with Green, very high in the Bengals this year. With AJ Green, with Tyler Eifert, with Gio Bernard, all fully healthy, plus the addition of Joe Mixon, Jeremy Hill looked good in the preseason. I could see him having a resurgent year. And against the Baltimore defense, that I'm not sold on. Their secondary looks good, but I'm not sold on them. I think he could have a great game. I agree with all those. I think Paul no, Richardson is a well. really Same sneaky here. one. There's probably a lot of people that don't even know Paul Richardson. So thanks, Devin. You'll be back on in the next segment to talk about your picks for week one team-wise. Not just We, we don't limit you to just <laughs> players and fantasy football. But Appreciate let's, it. We're a little bit crunched on time, so let's get ready for our pick'em segment. Let's look into the crystal ball for some weekly NFL predictions. Time for our week one predictions. I love that music going in the background. Yeah, me too. We do have to jump right into it, and the sheet I have in front of me has the Patriots score on there. Definitely would have picked the Patriots in that game, and I did. But we're going to start with Jets-Bills, a matchup that Devin just talked about. I'm going Buffalo at home. Maybe Zay Jones will be the difference maker. After all, I don't think anyone's going to disagree with me here. Jeez, Charlie. Bills Bills all around? Yeah, Bills Bills all around. around Bills all around. Let's just jump to Eagles at Redskins. Despite the Eagles being on the road, I'm going with Carson Wentz, Alshon Jeffrey, and the Eagles to beat the Redskins for the first time in a couple of years. They've lost at least the last four matchups to Washington in the division. I'm going with you. I'm going Eagles as well on the road. I'm going Eagles as well. Now Carson Wentz also has Alshon Jeffrey in a great line. I think that they're going to pull it out against the Redskins. I'm going to be the odd man out and say Redskins. I think Kirk Cousins wants to get a new contract finally for an extended period of time. I think he's going to have a great game at home for week one. The Oakland Raiders traveling to Tennessee to take on Marcus Mariota's Titans. I'm all aboard the Tennessee hype train, despite seeing them only put up like six or seven points against the Jets in a preseason game. Mariota and the starters looked good. I'm taking them. Corey Davis is going to play their first-round pick. Titans over Raiders. I'm very high on both these teams. I'm going to go with the Raiders on the road. I just think they're, I, I think they're just a t- too talented of a team, especially at this point in the season for Tennessee. I love the Raiders this year, but I'm going with the Titans. I actually think they have the best line in football this year, and they improve the receiving core all around. I think that they're going to pull it out. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Marshawn Lynch coming back to the NFL. I think he's going to have a big game in his return. Next one up is the Jaguars in Houston to take on the Houston Texans. I'm going with the home team here despite Tom Savage at quarterback. I like them to take down, even though Leonard Fournette could have a good game for Jacksonville. You heard it here first. Blake Bortles for MVP. No, I'm kidding. We're gonna, I'm going to go with the Texans at home. I'm going with the Texans. I wouldn't be surprised to see this as a shutout. Wow. Clean sweep, Texans at home. This one's tough. This was one of the ones I went back and forth on. Next up is the Cardinals at the Lions. I like Matthew Stafford as a quarterback, and I like him in this game. I think the Cardinals will be probably the favorite in this game. But I'm going Detroit here. Amir Abdullah could have a big night. I'm going with the Cardinals. I'm, I'm not high on the Lions this season. I don't know what it is. I just, I'm just i just not a fan with them. Anytime they make the playoffs, they seem to take a step back the next year. So I'm going to go with the Cardinals here. I'm going with the Cardinals. They don't defend the slot very well, and I think Larry Fitzgerald is going to carve them up. Uh, Cardinals all the way. I'm going to go with the Lions. I said earlier that I think Matt Stafford is going to prove people wrong that he wants to get make sure his money was well-deserved. So I'm going to think the Lions are going to win this one. All right, so we had both teams represented there. Not so much here with Pittsburgh 
in Cleveland against the Browns. I'm going Steelers all the way here. Steelers as well. Killer bees are going to carry him to a win. Steelers. Steelers, and for the Browns, no Miles Garrett, so that's another that's reason why not. To, that's another reason why to not pick the Browns. Yeah, it hurts to not have the number one overall pick. Charlie and I are high on Atlanta in the South, and they're playing the Bears in Chicago this week. A favorable Week One matchup. Matty Ice and the Falcons pull out a big win, I think, against the Bears. I am not high on the Falcons, but I'm taking them in Week One. I got the Falcons this week. Tremendous offense. Another clean sweep. Falcons taking it, and also Mike Glennon is starting at quarterback for the Bears. So <laughs> uh, let's just say it. Leave it at that. The two teams behind the Steelers, at least in terms of preseason predictions in their division. Facing off this week, the Baltimore Ravens against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. That, that puts them over the edge for me, playing at home. Andy Dalton's Bengals take down the Ravens, who I'm very high on this year. Oh, oh I'm all aboard that Bengals train. I'm well, going I'm on the Ravens train. I'm just saying oh, you're this, going week, with the, okay. this week well, I'm, I'm going with the Bengals. I'm aboard the Bengals train, and I'm sticking with them here. I'm going with them big over the Ravens in week one. I have the Bengals this week. I think that their offense is going to come back big this year, and they're going to be great this week. I also have the Bengals, although they don't have Vontez Perfect because of suspension. But I think Joe Mixon in his first game is going to be. Hey, he's going to be solid. He's going to be pretty good. Scott Tolzien's Colts <laughs> heading to L.A. to take on oh, the Rams. Oh give me Jar- give me Jared Goff and the Los Angeles Rams. That sounds weird to say. Oh boy! But Scott Tolzien's never won an NFL start or game, so we'll give see. me give me Jared Goff as well. I'm going Rams at home. Give me the Rams. They have a very good defense, and Todd Gurley is going to run all over the Colts. Uh, let's just leave it at the Rams. Nothing more to say. <laughs> We've had a lot of clean sweeps here. The next one, probably a clean sweep as well. The Carolina Panthers heading to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. I've got Christian McCaffrey making a big statement in his NFL debut, and the Panthers taking this one against San Fran. Big on the Panthers, big on them in week one. I got the Panthers this week. I got the Panthers, but to note, Cam Newton is actually questionable for that game. Really? I did not know that. Breaking news? or <laughs> I, I, think it's been, I think it's been out all day. But Charlie Maizano breaking the news. <laughs> all right, let's wrap up the Sunday slate with a couple of games that are very intriguing, starting with Seattle at Green Bay. The Packers opening up at Lambeau for the first time in a couple of seasons at least. Aaron Rodgers on his home field gives them the win here. If it was in Seattle, I'd probably go Seahawks, but I'm taking the Packers. In a very, very close game. I think this is going to be one of the games of the season. Playoff preview I'm gonna go. Here. I'm going to go with Packers at home. I have the Seahawks this week. I think that the defense is going to be just good enough to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and that Seahawks offense I think is going to be very good this year. I'm going to go with Green Bay on this one. I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to have a big game at home week one. Uh, like John said, I think it's going to be a playoff preview. Giants, Cowboys, Sunday Night Football. The G-Men taking on the Cowboys. I've got Dallas. I've got Dallas as well. Because of the Ezekiel Elliott factor. Mm -hmm. I just think Dallas is going to be so fired up to have this guy in their lineup. They know they're not going to have him again for six weeks, so they're going to win on his back in this one. Yeah, I'm with you. Go go ahead, Devin. I have Dallas. I just I think that you need to to I think you need to run the ball as the Giants, and I don't think that they can. I'm the odd man out again. I'm going to go with the Giants. They beat them twice last year. Dak Prescott was not his best in either of the games against the Giants, so I think the Giants win this one. You haven't one. been the odd man out once this time, Charlie. I don't want to hear anything about how you're the odd man out. Yes, I have. Just in life, With what? <laughs> with the... With the... I forgot which one. All right. We'll no, get yeah, back we'll, to we'll you. We'll get back Whatever. to you later. We're jumping ahead. The Monday Night Football doubleheader to wrap this week's pick'ems up. New Orleans Saints... In Minnesota, the site of the Super Bowl this year, taking on the Vikings. I think it's going to be loud. I don't think Adrian Peterson's going to return to his old stomping grounds and win. I think Minnesota wins this in front of their home crowd. I'm with you, Matt. I'm going with Vikings as well. I have Minnesota. Minnesota. I don't think Adrian Peterson will. He says he wants revenge, but I don't think he's going to get it. I don't think so either. 
it's just a combination of the Saints offense going against one of the top defenses for me. The Vikings take that. Chargers at Broncos to wrap things up the late game on Monday night. I wanted to pick the Chargers really badly, but the Broncos are just so good at home despite Trevor Simeon being their quarterback. I'll still take the Broncos in a low-scoring affair that their defense keeps them in. Matt, I actually went with the Chargers on this one. I am so incredibly low on the Broncos this season. I think they're going 7-9 and nine this year. Vance Joseph, I think he's in way over his head. 29th-ranked defense he was, the, he was the coordinator of in Miami last season. I don't know why they hired him. It was bizarre. And I, don't, I just don't think this team's very good. I think they're, they're good at home. But you know what? Crazier things have happened on, on the opening Monday night. I'm going Chargers here. I'm going to take the Chargers this week as well. I think they're extremely talented on both sides of the ball, and uh, I think Melvin Gordon's going to have a big game. I'm going to side with Matt and go with the Broncos' uh, home opener. I think they're just going to be fired up. All right, that's all the games we've got for week one, boys, and that's all, all the time we have for the yes, show. Yes, I think we can just – do we take the music out? I don't I, know. I guess we do. Yeah, I guess. Why, don't you, why don't you do a sign-off for everybody? Yeah, I mean, we're going to take the music out. I was going to say something. I was just wondering if it keeps playing. Oh, yeah, no, it we'll keeps playing. Play it. It, keeps yeah, playing. Yeah, it, it adds yeah. to it. So – because we're a couple minutes over already. For my co-host, Charlie Maizano and John Furlong, Devin Clementi with the fantasy advice, and our producer who did a great job today, Cameron Morris, I'm Matt Murphy. Tune in next week for another edition of NFL Friday.